Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coach's Corner. And I have a really special treat for you today. This is a must listen, especially for all my lady listeners, all the females in the audience. You are going to love listening to one of my best friends, Soul Sisters, Kate Reardon. She's been on the show before. It was a couple years ago. So if you're newer to the show, you might've missed her. And if you are a veteran of the show, you've heard her before. And believe me, you are going to want to hear more. Kate, like I said, is seriously one of my most favorite people in the world. She is the real deal, walk the talk, gifted healer, incredibly intuitive. She's also a naturopath. She runs an epic retreat center in Bali called Natural Instinct Healing, where she takes people on fasting retreats, but it's so much more than fasting and detox because she's an intuitive metaphysical healer. It's a deeply healing experience as well. She has extensive studies in both complementary and mind-body medicine. Kate, years ago, set out in search of finding the most dynamic way of helping people achieve radical healing and transformation throughout their lives on a mind, body, and soul level. This journey started in her own clinical practice in Australia, led her to manage health retreats in Thailand, seeing one-on-one clients worldwide, presenting health workshops. She public speaks. She contributes to various publications as a health and wellness writer. And like I said, is the co-founder and managing director of the renowned Fasting Detox Retreat Center, Natural Instinct Healing. She's guided thousands of individuals to a state of radiant health through the power of cleansing worldwide and now offers the secrets and science in her book, The Essential Cleanse. And in this episode, we talk about what it means to be fully embodied. We also talk about how to really reclaim the magic and mystery of being a woman by relating to your cycle in a different way. We also talk about the difference between a hell yes and a hell no and why it's so important to know the difference and to listen to it. Kate drops so much wisdom. She's relatable, open, vulnerable. You're going to love her like I do. Before we dive in, speaking of health and well-being, do you know about Daily Harvest? Daily Harvest makes it easy to eat well. They deliver thoughtfully sourced, chef-crafted food right to your door, and anything can be prepared in five minutes or less. And Daily Harvest is something that you can enjoy year-round as a quick solution to get the fruits and vegetables you need every day. Now, I really love the convenience of this. I used to be a bit of an intermittent faster, would not really have breakfast, yet after having a few stressful years and having my adrenals a little depleted, the importance of eating in the morning has come back around. And Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me with their smoothie bowls. I can just add milk to them. I can heat them up if I want and they are ready to go. And I love that Daily Harvest works directly with farmers to harvest organic fruits and vegetables at their peak time and then freezes them within 24 hours to lock in their nutrients. Everything stays fresh until you're ready to enjoy it. You can choose from more than 65 options like smoothies, hearty soups, harvest bowls, and overnight oats. Each recipe takes one step to prepare with room to make them your own. So whether you're at home, at your desk, or on the go, Daily Harvest is an easy way to have a delicious and nutritious meal or snack. So here's your call to action. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code over it to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code over it for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. 
And now on to my insightful and empowering conversation with the magical Kate Reardon. Kate, my soul sister, someone that I just love every oodle of time I get with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and having a chat with me today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Of course. I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, and you've been on the show before. It was, I think. I have. Yeah. I think we were in Changu, weren't we? We were were in (laughs) Bali. I remember we recorded in our bikinis next to the pool (laughs) and we were like, how good is this? Only all interviews were like this. I know, I know. And you were pretty newly pregnant with your with Evie, yeah. your second girl at the time. And uh, wow, so much has happened in both of our lives since then. I know, I yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and you are someone that I'm very, very lucky to have as a friend because you are seriously one of the most incredible humans that I know as a healer, as a mother, as a teacher, as someone who inspires people. There's kind of no words to describe what you do because it's just, it's pure, pure magic. And one of the many reasons I adore spending time with you is because you are somebody that is embodied. And what I mean by that is, of course, you're in your head sometimes, you're a human being, but you really know how to feel into your body. You know how to connect to Mother Earth and the land. You're deeply connected to your own intuition and inner knowing and your relationship with both Earth and spirit. So I'd love for you to give the five step process of how to become more embodied. <laughs> Listen up, folks. Step one. (laughs) What what does that really mean to you to to be embodied? Yeah, it's such a great question because I think the word embodied or embodiment or you're not in your body, it's just I, I heard it for so many years and I had no idea what that actually meant to me. And, um, it was really, it was a really big process in actually identifying what that means. And it's different for each of us because we all have a felt sense of our bodies and of our experience in this life. And so I guess probably the reason that I am so embodied now is because I was so not before Mm -hmm. and it's been a really strong intention for me to really learn how to be in my body (laughs) that I've been dedicated to, I guess, for the last decade of my life. And so, yeah, I've always felt really connected to mother nature. I mean, you and I talk about this a lot. I grew up in Australia. I grew up, you know, on the beach basically and making cubby houses in the bush. I was always barefoot. We always had animals and plants and my mum and dad were really, really big in instilling this love for mother nature, but also connecting with mother nature from a very young age. And I think a lot of Australians, you know, we've got so many dangerous creatures here. (laughs) 
<laughs> snakes and spiders and, you know, kinds of things that you really have to get familiar with what can hurt you and what can't. And so you kind of learn to live in this with mother nature. Like it's very, very different upbringing to a lot of other places around the world, like the States or Europe, for example. Totally, totally. Like I learned yeah. how to you know, swim safely in a swimming pool. That was, that was, yeah, exactly. It wasn't really being out in nature, in the elements, any of those kind of things. That's right. So that's always been kind of ingrained in me from a very young age. And I'm also, like you mentioned, I'm very intuitive. So I've been speaking with the spirit since I was a child, since I can remember. I've always had that connection to the unseen world. So they used to come to me like they were my friends, you know, and it runs in my family. And it was just something that I always had with me. But it wasn't until I was almost 30 and I had a miscarriage and it was, it was quite traumatic because the child, the embryo, it was stuck inside my fallopian tube. So it it wasn't an ectopic pregnancy where it was in the wrong spot, but it was in a dangerous spot because the tissues around the fallopian tube are very, very thin. They're not like the tissues of the uterus where the baby grows and it can be stretched and um, it's very strong there. And so I was going through a very, very physical process, a very painful physical process because I had, I was pregnant and I had this baby that I longed for and was just so excited to be, to be pregnant and to be able to give birth. And then I was told that I couldn't have it and we had to um, abort the baby. And basically I was in Bali where I live and I was given two options at the time. I was given the option of having a round of chemotherapy drugs and that was to to kill off the baby, but it would also kill off everything else inside my womb. And the other option was to undergo surgery and have my entire fallopian tube taken out, which would really um, detrimentally hurt my fertility process going forward. Mm. And these were my two my two options. Mm. And this was on Christmas Day of all days. Oh. Um, Back in 2012, I know. And it was just, it was such a painful process. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt, there was just no doubt inside my mind, my body, my soul. I knew that I I could really harness the power of my body within myself. And, and I knew that I could allow this baby to come out organically and naturally on its own. And that happened. I was really, really fortunate like the doctors that still say it's such a miracle because when they look at, you know, I came home to Australia and the OBGYN was looking at my blood tests and looking at all my ultrasounds. And she's like, there's no way this baby came out on its own. I was like, it did. (laughs) And so it was then where through that process, which was a very, very physical, very traumatic, very emotional process that I discovered that I, I'm not living in this body. I don't know where I am, but I'm not 
in this body. And when I was really tuning into my womb, my power as a woman, the tissues, the cells, my bone marrow, the fascia that runs through me, my blood, I didn't have a connection with it at all. It was a foreign place for me to to be in, to visit, to understand. And so that was, I guess, a really potent entry point that came in. Um, And since then, I've just gone knee deep and rolled my sleeves up and dived into what it really means to embody this this beautiful vessel that we've all been given. Mm. I think so many people, including myself, can relate to that. And in fact, for me, there was at first like a disconnection with my body and then almost a fear of being the body, of what's going to go wrong <laughs> in this body. And I think when you deal with any kind of something that you went through or any kind of health challenges or sickness, your body almost becomes, enemy seems like a strong word, but that's the word that that I can think of. It becomes this thing that you're scared of and that it it's almost like what could go wrong next. Did you ever, was that ever something that you faced? Oh, 100%, 100%. And I see this with my clients all the time. And, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the entryways to coming back and living a more embodied life, it's a dense feeling, you know, because it is a dense place to be. And so for many years I, I was, you know, spiritually bypassing, I would say, a lot of my own internal processes and I was, you know, going and doing meditations and kundalini yoga and all these things mm-hmm. that would quote unquote get me high just so I didn't have to feel what was happening in my body and pain, physical pain, deep sensation. um, It's always the entry point in. And that's the first thing that I say to people, you know, when they're in a lot of pain or they're just being diagnosed with something, or, you know, they've just got blood results back and, you know, something's come up. I'm like, great. This is our entry point back in, back home. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, it is our home. And I think we, especially people that are more comfortable in the spiritual world with meditation or all those kinds of things that which can be a coping strategy that we develop as a child from abuse or trauma or chaos is let me just leave the body and get out of here and either go into my head or into the spirit world or both and that that home is often associated with the spirit world being outside of our body but home is also being in our body and and coming to a place of not just like loving it through self-care, like drinking green juice and all those things, but really connecting to what it's trying to tell us. Because I've found that my body usually pain or something being off, my body's trying to tell me something. And I can either listen, (laughs) I can either listen or it just gets louder. And Mm. for, for the people listening, because I know, like I said, a lot of people are going to relate to this. I really want to, I would one one thing that I would love you to speak to first is if we know that, if we know that our body's giving us messages and it's time to listen, first question is how do we not blame ourselves? How do we not go into I've manifested cancer or an autoimmune thing or this miscarriage or whatever? How do we go not go into I created this and blame ourselves because I, I myself and I know a lot of people can go there. And then the second question is like, how do we start the learning process? How do we 
get curious about really what's going on? Yeah, there's there's such good questions. And, you know, there's so many depths and layers to this, but the way that I always go into these processes is with simplicity. Because for me, and this is just a barometer of my life, like I've, I've got kids, I'm traveling, I'm, you know, I'm full, I'm running businesses. If it's not simple, then it doesn't make sense to me. And so I guess the first thing is this real recognition of the body is our detector of truth or not. It's the detector of how we perceive information coming in and the body only knows two ways of being. It only knows two ways of being. It knows yes, or it knows no. And that's it. That's it. It doesn't know. I'm not sure that kind of feels good. I'm 80% in. This is not right, but I'll do it anyway. They're all constructs of the mind. Mm -hmm. The body is very, very simple. It's yes or no. And that's the only biofeedback loop that it has. So a yes is a very expanded feeling. It's, it's, a, it's a sensation of opening, of expansion. And you can really identify when, you know, someone's talking about a movie, let's say they want to go watch or a play and they're talking about it and you're like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. I want to go see that. That sounds amazing. That's the expansion feeling. And what's happening on that biochemical level is the organs are opening up, the meridians are opening up. So the channels that um, put messages and, and our chemical messages all through our body, everything's opening because it's giving you the message of yes. And essentially what it's saying is you are safe. Mm. the opposite of that is no. And so let's say someone walks into a room, they haven't opened their mouth, they haven't said anything, but just the vibe they're giving off, just the energy they're giving off, you don't feel good. You might feel a little knot in your stomach. You might get a little bit of a headache. You might just kind of hunch your shoulders. And this is a no. Mm -hmm. And this is a really important thing to decipher within ourselves because a no is a contraction. And so what happens on that biochemical level with a no is that part of our body is trying to protect us because no means I'm not safe. So yes, is it open, expansive? Wow, this is amazing. And and all of the chemical messages in your body so everything that's going through your immune system, digestive system, reproductive system, lymphatic system, nervous system, all through the organs, all through the bodily systems is saying, yes, you're safe. It's okay. And the other side of that is no, I'm not safe. You're not okay. And so all of those, all of those chemical messengers are running through your body. And when we override that no, that's when we start to really get into trouble because we're overriding the chemical messengers that our body is giving us in response to stimulus or energy that it's being presented. Mm -hmm. So the best way is to really understand what yes is and what no is and how they feel in your body. Because quite often people confuse, um, the thinking response or the, the emotional response to stimulus for the body response. But quite often, you know, our mind could be saying one thing, but our body could be saying another. So for example, say you've been invited to, 
I don't know, a seminar or a party or a, or a work thing and, and you know it would be really good. You'd not be good networking and you're like, okay, I should go. I want to go. And you're kind of talking yourself into it, but your body's so tired <laughs> and it just wants to, it just wants to be in a cave and relax and take a warm bath and have a cup of tea and nourish and replenish. It's when we go against that natural rhythm of the body that, like I said, we start to get in trouble. And so knowing your yes as a felt sense, a felt sensation, and knowing your no as a felt sense, a felt sensation is really, really important. And then the second piece is just understanding that all the body gives you every sign and symptom, whether it's painful menstruation, whether it's um, a breakout that comes out in the skin, whether it's a ringing in the ears, whether it's a sore back, whether it's a stiff shoulder, whether it's a twitch in the eye, these are all your body's way of trying to communicate something to you. So instead of trying to figure it out, psychoanalyze it, write down everything, all you have to do is really, really sit and say, okay, I'm here. I hear you. I'm feeling this twitch in my eye. It's on my left eye. Like go deeper into the sensation and really recognize it as an old friend you know, really sit with it with compassion. I'm trying to understand you. I'm trying to help you. I'm here. And so it sounds crazy and a little bit woo-woo, but when I have symptoms come up in my body now, I'll sit and actually talk to it like it's an old friend. You know, I had a motorbike accident a couple of months ago and I'm still recovering from it. And, and when I get a flare up in my knee, which is really painful, I'll just stop and I'll be like, I'm here, little knee. What can I do? I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you that need? pain shift down. Yeah. What do you need? And, and how can I help you? And then you're in harmony with the body's response instead of like, right, I've got to figure this out or numb it with painkillers, or you know what I mean? It's a much more gentle, compassionate, and self-honoring process of really getting to the core of what's happening. And I think it helps with, with fear, you know, because for me, a lot of times, if let's say I had a motorbike accident and my knee was hurting and the pain would come, I, my mind would probably go into, oh no, it's back. Is it ever going to get better? Am I ever going to, you know, and my mind can go there very, very quickly for a variety of reasons. And so that's such a useful tip is to just say, stop. This isn't a helpful direction. Let me tune in with the knee. It's just giving me a signal. It's a much more patient and loving response. And it's a great way to interrupt the fear that can often come up when we have a symptom. That's right. And you're so right, you know, and the moment we're in fear, the message that that gives to our bodies is I don't trust you. Mm. And so the mind is trying to control the situation. But if you look at the dynamics, the engineering, the chemical processes of the physical body, I mean, it is the most intelligent, insightful, intuitive, engineering, perfectly machine on the planet. Like it knows how to heal itself and it's designed to heal itself. And it is truly extraordinary when you look at it from, you know, from a micro level and then out from a macro level. And 
if you go into fear and the mind tries to really take over, which is a natural progression when we haven't been taught to really trust in our body's intelligence, then then you, you don't, you, you lose that connection. And so I think one of the things to really bridge that connection and to help us regain that trust, remember that trust, revisit that trust is just to, like I said before, really, really go into the physical sensation and allow what needs to be felt to be felt instead of trying to to block it out or or even fix it straight away. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these chemical messengers and a lot of these physical symptoms, they're psychosomatic. You know, they're, they're giving us messages. It, we, it might be like, you're not safe in this room and these people are giving you, you know, really bad energy. And so our body's going to reflect that. Even if our mind can't pick up on that at the time, our body is an absorbent detector of energy. And so it is always funneling and channeling information and it has our back. <laughs> so yeah. it's, a really, it's a really regaining that trust and allowing the body and the mind to come into harmony again. And it's a really, really important process that especially women especially women. And you and I talk about this all the time and I'm sure many listeners can relate. We spend so much time, you know, out of our bodies, trying to fix it, trying to change it, trying to look a certain way, trying to be different. And then we come back that full cycle where we're just like, I just want to love my body as it is. And it can be a really, really challenging process to do that. Yeah, it can be. And I want to, I want to bookmark that and come back to it. I want to circle back to the self-blame and manifestation of illness. Could you speak a little bit about how it's wonderful to take responsibility and be curious about what your body's telling you, but also to, to be mindful of not going into self-blame for creating any kind of physical disharmony or illness? Yeah, this is a this is a really big one. And I'm I'm so happy that you brought this up because if we have a default pattern of I'm not good enough, or if we feel I feel everyone has. <laughs> exactly. I know. I was just gonna say, by the way, <laughs> both of my hands are up to this one. Exactly. But quite often we have in our subconscious mind somewhere a core belief of I'm not good enough. So when things happen in our lives, whether it's, you know, another relationship breakup or something at work or, or a physical manifestation of something, the initial reaction response is usually, this is my fault. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have done this X, Y, Z, whatever story we make up in our mind. So I think the biggest key here is true, true acceptance. And I don't, throw that term around loosely, like accept your body and accept your mind because you cannot Mm. think yourself into acceptance. Just like you cannot think yourself into trust in your body. You cannot think yourself into self-love. Like, because if you're thinking yourself into something, then it's one dimensional. It's just, you're changing your perception of the mind, but for full alignment, we need to look at the whole aspect. And that is the mind, the body, and the spirit. So acceptance to me, and I'll just say what my process looks like. I really just sit 
in open awareness and I'm really aware of what's happening. And so I'll say, okay, in my body, there is a pain in my stomach and I'm feeling really upset about it in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty because I didn't do that thing or I'm, I'm scared because this thing's coming up. So that's what's happening on the mind and that's what's happening on the body and what's happening in my spirit. And I'll tune in a little deeper and I'll say, you know, I, I'm, I'm really alone and I'm really scared and I feel like no one understands me. And then you've got a layout of what's happening. And I really do look at the three channels, even though they're all the same and all um, interwoven, I, for, for the sake of a healing process, I do say, okay, what's going on in my body right now? What's going on in my mind right now? What are the stories? What are the fears present? What's just what's happening? Let's look at the landscape. And then what's happening within that deeper essence of me, my soul, my spirit. And once you have that landscape open, it's like the menu is there and you're like, okay, all of these things are present, not just my fear, because that fear is always the loudest. It always fights for the microphone, mm -hmm. but I'm also these body sensations and this spiritual yearning calling or whatever is present, once I really see what's up, have that full spectrum of holistic approach, mind, body, and spirit, and then I go into a state of acceptance. And sometimes it looks like I accept that I feel really shitty right now. I accept that I'm really scared. I accept that I'm frustrated because this old patterns come up and I accept that I feel really bad because I should be further down the spiritual line or whatever it is. Because if we don't accept where we are, we can't move forward. And it's really, really simple. You just can't. I've tried to, I've tried for decades. <laughs> There's no way around this acceptance piece. It truly is the gateway into a deep and transformational healing. And so I think just opening up and getting an inventory, being really honest with what's going on and what's present and accepting, okay, this is where I am. This is my reference point. And then moving forward from that place, you're just starting off with a really deep embodied process to then go to the place where you need to be. I love that because, it, well, for a couple of reasons. First, in, in my grad school program, we learned that acceptance is the first law of spirit. But that's, that's where to start. And what you're not saying is, well, we'll use me as an example. So I'm dealing with some th thyroid things. And look, I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> so the mind can go into... How did I manifest this? Where am I not speaking my truth? What, you know, it can go into the trying to figure it out, which can then lead to the self-blame. And what you just offered us there is, is, a, is a way out of that. Because in acceptance, we're not even going there with the mind of how did I create this? Why is this happening? We're really not asking why. We're just going into this is what it is. Maybe it matters why, maybe not. If, if it matters, that will be revealed to me. But right now, I'm going to accept it and be with it and let it guide me into what I need to do instead of trying to figure out why it happened. That, that's what I'm hearing you say. Is that the right distinction? 
Yes, it's so, I love hearing that back. You always are so articulate. That That's absolutely it. And I, I do want to put this kind of, you know, disclaimer out there to everyone. This is not easy. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. And, and I, I really, truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's not easy to sit in the middle of mental chaos, emotional pain, physical pain and say, I accept, I accept. It's not easy. And so, like you said, to really not jump into those fear programs and not let that self-blame take the microphone and take the lead or not give all your power away and try and go out to every practitioner that you can think of and fix you. You have to hold this space and this intention for yourself Mm -hmm. of, empowerment. And what I mean by that is being really honest with what's happening, accepting what's happening, and also knowing that you will get through this, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And, and I just say it's not easy because, you know, I'm still learning within myself and I'm still growing. And every day I'm being taught, you know, more mindfulness, um, things. And, and, you know, when I, when I go to sleep at night, it's like, how present was I today? How mindful was I today? How compassionate was I today? And I'm really good at doing all of those things with other people, with my clients, my husband, my kids, my family, whoever's around, but it's that internal process that's so crucial and so important. And just having that mindful intention to be with what is, whatever is happening within yourself, you're flexing your mindfulness muscle day in and day out. And so I just want to mention that because especially when you're at the start and especially if you're going through something big, you know, if you're going through like a cancer diagnosis, like you personally, you're going through massive stuff physically right now. It is not an easy road to navigate, but you have absolutely got it. And we just need to remind each other of that fact. We are so much more powerful than what we give ourselves credit for, but the body, the body knows how to heal itself. Our job is to find the right support to suit those natural organic healing processes of the body. Yeah. And it really is an internal first and then the external because I definitely, as you would say, raise my hand to running to which practitioner or healer is going to give me the right potion or body work that's going to help. Although I see that as one of the ways I take care of myself, I have to balance that out with really being empowered and going inside first and dropping into what do I need and who do I need to see? Who do I not need to say? What supplements or things do I need to do and what doesn't feel good? Because I think that when, especially when we're in any kind of health crisis, we can, you know, we hear about some book or we hear somebody on a podcast or we hear the way one person healed and we're going to go and do that specific program that they did. And that's natural because we're scared. And we're looking Mm. for a solution. But one of the things that you have been so great at reminding me of and teaching me is that inside I have the answers. And that's true for everyone is that let your own internal compass and intuition, let that be the place you start. And if you're guided to reach out to a specific healer or do a specific program, and it's that full body yes that you were teaching us, then great. 
but it can also be very disruptive to run from person to person, healer to healer, program to program, looking for the answer. It can just cause more stress on the body. Oh, absolutely. You know, I agree 100%. And I think because the support is so important, you know, it really, really is. I mean, even though I have a very deep embodied process and I, I know myself intimately now, I still, I have my healers, I have my acupuncturists, I have my somatic therapist, I have, you know, mentors and teachers and coaches and people all around me. And I, I love what you said because, Choosing that support team is probably one of the most pinnacle and correct and important decisions you will ever, ever make. And for me, it's really about that full body. Yes. You know, if, if a practitioner, whether it's a doctor, whether it's, you know, some kind of specialist, whether it's a energy healer, whether it's a nutritionist, whatever they are, whatever field of medicine, if you don't get that full body yes, then they're not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And so I love it because we're so bombarded with information and options, really. I mean, it's 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 really wonderful. But when people tell me of things like you just mentioned, read that book or listen to that podcast or do that program or go to that retreat, I will tune in first. And if it's a full body, yes, if it feels really, really good, then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to read that book. or I'm going to listen to that TED talk or whatever it is. And if it's a no, then, then I just won't because your body can't lie. Our mind, we lie to ourselves every day from the moment we get up in the morning, mm-hmm. from the time we go to sleep at night. I can't remember the exact statistics on it, but the, the lies that we tell ourselves are monumentous, right? But we cannot lie to the body. We just can't. And so, yeah, I really love that you brought that up because when someone is choosing their support team, it is absolutely critical that you surround yourself with people that you feel safe, you feel yeah. seen, and you feel 100% that it's the right decision to, to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely been an area where I've given my power away. And that's a big learning for me. <laughs> and and my oh, me too. Um, clear signals of nope, this is not, this is not right. You know, I can think of an example where I took, you know, these methylated vitamins from somebody. They're like, you should take these, you need these. We made these specifically for you. And I, it just never felt right. And and my body definitely <laughs> responded in a way that it was like, nope, this is this is not a fit. So I think that's one of the most the the most underrated and under spoken about health tips out there is to just to tune in. You know, a lot of people talk about intuitive eating, but it's really intuitive healing looking and looking inside for those answers and yes, reaching out, but just knowing that place inside that you're, you come from. Like for me, it's the awareness of, am I reaching out because I'm giving my power to this person and I think they can fix me? Or am I reaching out from a really empowered place inside because I know this person is in alignment and they're going to support me and they're going to co-create this healing with me. It's a very different kind of reach out. So that's just something I consistently am aware of and just really encouraging everyone listening to be aware of as well. I want to circle back, Kate, to just being a woman in today's world because we have a lot of women listening. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that it's becoming 
uh, for lack of a better word, more challenging to be in a female body in this world because we're just bombarded with everything from information to, to toxins to, to you name it. And in a lot of ways, we're kind of out of sync and out of rhythm with like our natural flow and probably putting way, way, way too much on our plate. So I'd love just for you to speak about, you know, one, one of the, what we need to come back to as females, like what we've disconnected from in terms of being a woman in today's world, what we've disconnected from because we're maybe too busy or we've bought into maybe some misunderstandings about things. And then two, how we can come home not only to our body, but really come home to being a woman and tap back into the power of being a woman and the power of our womb. Yeah, I love this. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got a full body yes talking about this because <laughs> just because it's been so pivotal in in my life and and the way that I show up. And I'm so I'm so blessed to be able to understand now what that really means for me. And I think like there's so many different avenues I could go down to really answer this question, but to really tie it all in, I always come back to our menstrual cycle Mm. because it's the one thing that we have that sets us apart from, you know, from the masculine gender talk, like specifically talking about gender, for example. And and it's one of the main things that identifies us as women is the fact that we go through a menstrual cycle, which in turn is life and death every single moon, not month, but moon. So the cycle, it, it, it has this this, it's a cycle. It goes around and, and the moon goes around and the planet goes around the sun. And so when we are really putting energy, awareness, love, and just presence back into our menstrual cycle as with women, and this is even if you haven't started menstruating yet, and even if you're perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal, we're still in a cyclic nature as women. So to run really quickly when we're bleeding, that's winter time. Mm. So that is the time when we need not, not want, but need to retreat as women. So what's happening on that biochemical level is that, okay, there is, there's no life in here, meaning there's no embryo. There's nothing we need to grow and nurture right now. So we're going to shed, we're going to get rid of all the decay and anything that is dead within us, Mm. anything that we don't need anymore, we're going to shed some layers because we, we want a fertile harvest. And for that to happen, there needs to be this release, this letting go. And so for me, when we're bleeding, it's always like winter. It's in the cave. It's like no social contact, really going in, getting warm soups, even if you're in the middle of summer, like really treating your body as if it's that 
deep, dark moments in the middle of winter. It's, it's long, beautiful moments. This is a very yin, a very slow, a very beautiful time of our cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things, and this is definitely for me, you know, I, I used to push myself, especially when I was bleeding. I'm just this sounds a bit gross, but I just, you know, put a tampon in and get on with life and carry on as usual. And I just cannot do that now. And once I let myself bleed, and what I mean by that is canceled what I have, I, you know, really let myself go into the natural winter releasing, surrendering process of when this energy is literally and metaphorically leaving my body. Mm. I was so much more in tune with myself, my intuition, nature, and I was able to really let go. And, and the thing is, is that when we're bleeding is the most crucial time for women because it's when we're the most psychic. Mm. So those, those veils are very, very thin when we're bleeding. We're opening up to the universe. Literally the blood is coming out of our bodies and we're very, very psychic. It's the time for reflection, for journaling, for staying indoors. How do I feel about this? Is this working for me? You know, it's, it's that winter, winter time as we come out of that. So we stop leading and we, and we come leading up to ovulation. And this is, this is really, um, that time of, of autumn and really, sorry, spring, spring's next. And really, you know, letting those, all those seeds be planted. Yeah. And, and slowly coming out and new life is out there and we're coming out of the cave and we do feel a little bit social and it's so funny, but you can be on your period or before you're bleeding or when you're bleeding and you feel like you're, you know, 20 pounds heavier and you look so (laughs) like awful. And oh my God, this dress doesn't fit. And literally three days later, you'll put the same dress on and you'll be like, Like, damn girl. (laughs) (laughs) because there is a hormonal, there's a biochemical, there's an energetic process happening. And so as we step into spring, it's when we start to feel a little bit like, Ooh, I'm a little bit more social and a little bit more creative. And I want to start stepping out and, and, you know, really coming into, into my body. And and that's when you feel you're fun to be around again, you know, and and you have more energy in your body. If you get a few hours sleep missing one night, you know, because you're out and having fun, it's not going to make a big difference on your system because you have a different process happening. New life creation. When I'm in the spring session of my my cycle, it's where I'm most creative. So I do a lot of my writing then. I'll bring my guitar out. I'll make sure that I'm honoring that time. And then we go into, into summer. And so spring and summer kind of merge through ovulation. And cause it's generally four weeks or 28 days, right? Of a cycle. So it's kind of like a week in each spot. And summer is where the party girl is out, where it's all going on. You just feel really, really good. You're feeling very vibrant. It's very yang. It's very doing energy. It's when you can just go, 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 go. And you're like, I don't know where this energy is coming from, but mm-hmm. it's available to us all the time in that season. And so if I'm really conscious and, and I can plan my life around certain things, I'll make sure that, you know, it's when I'm really teaching or when I'm out in the world or when I'm doing the most, for example, when I'm 
interviewing people and doing things for for my podcast, it's when I organize the most is in that summertime because mm-hmm. I know I have the energy. I know I'm in my doing energy. I'm more in that vibrancy. And then after, so the week leading up to before we're bleeding, and this is where most people get um, physical symptoms, sore breasts, moody, chocolate cravings, a little bit snappy at partners is autumn. And that's when we're really slowly getting ready to approach the cave and come back into it again. And, and things are turning inward, but this is also a very creative and beautiful time as well. And so for me, I love that, that very, very small analogy, because I could talk for hours on this. We when we're honoring the cycle of our body, we're Mm. honoring the cycle of the mother, mother nature, the mother of us all. And, and it really connects me to my body, to my spirit, to the cycles that are greater and far beyond me as a person, as an ego, and also to each and every other sister, because I know when my sister's on bleeding or in winter, I'm like, okay, she, if she's like, Kate, I just can't come to this meet. I'm like that. I totally, I honor that, yeah. you know, and it helps me to connect with, with other women. And even when we go through menopause and we stop physically bleeding, we're still in this cycle because mm-hmm. we've had so many years of being in this cycle that that biochemical imprint, that energetic resonance, it stays there. And so I think if we're really honoring our bodies, honoring our menstrual cycle and seeing it for the potency and the power that it is, it's not an annoyance that comes once a month. It is the most powerful gifts we can receive as a woman. When we start really honoring that and, and diving deeper into that, it, um, it just puts us into a space of creation of honoring and of absolute embodiment within our own tissues and our flesh and blood. And for me, um, once, you know, cause I've been doing this for quite a while now, once I really started working with my cycle and, and using it for what it is, which is to go through those seasons and take me through those layers of my being, connect me to mother earth, profound things have happened in my in my life and it's it's such a gift like every month when I bleed now I'm like oh I let you go I set you free and thank you thank you thank you and it's just it's a beautiful offering that we have Mm, that's such a beautiful reframe because I know when fall comes around I'm like oh god I just like, here it comes, here comes two weeks of, you know, not, not having energy and feeling cranky and feeling bloated and all those kinds of things. So I'm going to really take this on because I do track my cycle and I'm very aware of it. Um, but I don't have the relationship to it that you're describing. My periods tend to be, you know, heavy and uncomfortable and I just can't wait for them to be over. And I'm going to take this on and, and I'm sure all of you are dying to know if it creates any changes, but I'm going to check back with you, Kate, and really hold myself accountable to that and and see if I can really create, because maybe that's one of the things my body's working on telling me through my cycle is you're not honoring this enough. So I'm going to scream louder until you really honor it. And I don't think our bodies give us ultimatums. Those are just the words I'm putting on it, but I'm curious to explore this. So thank you for putting it out in such a a beautiful way because I think our periods and our cycles, for most of us, they're something we keep hidden. 
there's some shame to it. It's like you said, an annoyance and we're not really taught how beautiful and sacred it really is and how lucky we are as women to be that connected to the moon cycle and to just the seasons of life. I mean, our bodies really are so much closer to nature than the the masculine body just from the fact that we give birth and that we have these cycles. And I think that it's really, really time to start honoring that. So thank you so much. Oh, my, my pleasure. And just a little side note, there was a book when I was really learning about this and I recommend every woman reads it. It's called The Wild Genie. Mm. And it's by Alexandra Pope, whose work I just adore. And she really runs through this in detail and gives lots of practical advice and tips. And she's just such an incredible woman. And it was a real game changer for me. It really changed my perception, like like you shared, of, of how I viewed that time of the month. So it's a really good recommendation if anyone wants to go deeper. It's called The Wild Genie. I'm going to get that. That's amazing. So last question before we go into where people can find you and listen to you, because I'm sure people are going to be obsessed with you just like I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I alluded to this earlier, as people, especially women, or as anyone who's just a sensitive person and an empath and just sensitive to other people's energies and toxins and all those kinds of things... What are some things that we can do to live a more embodied life in kind of a bit of a chaotic world? What are some things we can do to really honor and protect our body? You know, I, uh, this is such a good question and there's so many schools of thought around this, you know, modalities as entry point to get you in. But I keep it really, really simple. And the first thing I do in the morning, as soon as I wake up is I put both my feet on the ground. So I just get out of bed, put both my feet on the ground and I really feel my feet on the ground. I start out at my little pinky toe and I go through each toe on each foot and I really put myself here. And I just, I'm just like, okay, here's my foot and there's my next toe. And then the next one, because we need to get comfortable being in our bodies again. That was definitely my experience, but it's very, very simple when I'm feeling very heady. So if I'm like, you know, on the phone or answering emails or, or doing lots of kind of like intellectual stuff in my day, which very, very like happens quite a Mm -hmm. lot. I make sure that I'm really dropping into my body and it's a simple process. I imagine like a, an elevator that's going from the inside of my brain down my spine. And I just imagine that the energy is coming down this little shaft, this little elevator, and I put it in my womb. And I just do that a couple of times. I just keep coming back, keep coming back and just connecting my womb to to my brain. I always have learned. And, and so I, I always do this now, but I I say I've learned because it's, it's taken me a while to do this is I really feel into everything now. So even what I want to eat for lunch, you know, one of the things that I ask myself when I'm choosing my food is not what do I want now? Because usually it's sugar or carbs (laughs) because I just want a quick energy fix, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I want to feel in half an hour? And that could be a 
busy all morning. I want to feel energized. I want to feel, you know, on point. I want to feel really present. Or it could be, I want to feel safe in my body. I'm feeling a little shaky today. I'm on my moon cycle. I just want, I need some nourishment. So I really encourage that felt sense for everything, everything. Like, do I really want to listen to that talk right now? Is this good for me? You know, should I be watching that movie right now? Feeling into and learning and finding those yes and no answers in the body. Because once you've got it, like now when I tune in, it's with it, you know, immediately I get a yes or no. Where before it could be, I don't know if it's, that's a yes because I kind of feel good, but my tummy is a bit tight. So really spending time in practicing what your yes feels like and what your no feels like is a really good embodiment process and really being with your body, you know, like, and I mean, rubbing creams on intentionally and doing face masks. And, you know, I, I do, I really spend time rubbing my belly with some beautiful oils that make me feel very, sensual and embodied as a woman. Um, you know, when you're going for your pedicures or whatever it is that you do, don't be on your phone, like feel how that feels on your feet. And when they're touching your heel and just getting used to being here now and allowing yourself. <laughs> I'm just thinking I should probably stop taking my laptop to my pedicures. Hey? I know, I know because, because <laughs> it's, it's so true because we think, okay, great. That's half an hour of work I can get done. Yeah. Or that could be a meditation, mm. you know, and, and then we go back and do that half an hour work in 10 minutes when we're full, not when we're depleted and fighting for time and fighting for energy, you know, and the more that you give to yourself, the more you have to give to others. You cannot serve from an empty cup. And you and I talk about this all the time, but whatever you're doing, be there, be there. And so, you know, one of the things that I do now is um, when I'm going on my walks or my runs, like I won't listen to stuff anymore Mm -hmm. because I want to feel my heart beating. I want to feel the perspiration coming. And it's, it's like a detox for me now, instead of I'd put headphones in and just run and not even really think about my body, but when you're spending time in the body and making it beautiful, making it sensual, making it just feel alive, then Mm -hmm. it will support you. It will nourish you. It will hold you in all ways possible. You have to put the effort in of just being here now and whatever that means for you you know for you it could be sewing and using your hands or out in the garden or creating or you know going for beautiful massages or whatever it is but really making sure that you really be in your body and at the start when I was really you know, going deep into to this embodiment piece, I had to schedule it in. I'd put in like body time in my calendar, <laughs> you know, and sometimes that'd be just rolling up my yoga mat and, and rolling around, or it could yeah. be going for a mindful walk or whatever it is, but it is essential that yeah. we spend time in, in this beautiful, beautiful home that we've been given. Yeah, I think this is so key because a lot of us, including me, and now it's really transitioning, spend more time and energy 
on how our body looks. You know, we work out because we want it to look a certain way versus how it feels. So even now in my workouts, it's really like what's going to feel good. And it it's a different, again, we're talking a lot from come from. So it's a different come from is really making how your body feels be your compass versus what you think you need to do to make it look a certain way. And that's a cultural conditioning we have to break free of too, is this addiction to how we look or are we doing what everybody else is doing or are we following the right paleo diet or whatever the the current fixation is and come back into this, like you said, this sacred home that is is our home for our whole life. Like this is it. <laughs> this is home. Yeah. So yes. treat it well. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I love what you said. And the irony is if you feel good, you look good. Yeah. You know, like if you're feeling open and sexy and really just like rocking that dress or got those yeah. heels on or whatever it is, you look good. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, what that number is on the scale or so how many calories you had today. If you feel good, you look good. Absolutely. And so it's, it's so ironic because we, we chase after the end result, but the process to feel good is actually the medicine that gets us there. Yeah. Well, Kate, you always make me feel good and you are medicine in human form. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do for so, so many people, including me. Please, please share about your podcast and also about your healing retreats and where people can find you. Oh, thank you so much, beautiful. And I'm I'm just so honored to, to share this life with you. My podcast is called Lean In and it can be found anywhere that you binge on podcasts. And I have a retreat center, a healing retreat center in Ubud, Bali in Indonesia. And all our retreats, we do retreats in Bali and Australia and Europe. They're all on there. And that can be found at www.naturalinstincthealing.com. And what about where they can stalk you on social and learn more about you there? <laughs> I love you. You're you're like you you're so good for me like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like I know Instagram. I was waiting. So I, was like, more. <laughs> I love you. You can find me at at Kate Reardon, just my name, loves and um yeah, all the all the things that I, I post and events and uh, stuff that I do can usually be found on there as well. Her stories are great. She always posts the greatest quote cards and inspiring things on stories. And you have a retreat coming up in Australia as well. So tell us those yes. dates where that is because we have lots of Aussies and people around this area that listen. Yeah. So um, we're doing our Australian detox fasting retreat, which is, it's honestly, it's my favorite event of the year in beautiful Northern New South Wales. You and I just spent some time there. It's a really magical, beautiful place. And that is February 15th until the 23rd. And I'm going to be leading that retreat, co-facilitating with my awesome team and, uh, and hosting that one. And I'm just so, so, so excited. We still have a few places left um, at this stage and it normally sells out. So if you're keen, 
let me know. Uh, yeah, I seriously wish I was staying another month so I could go to that because one of these days I'm going to get to your retreat, Kate. It's going to happen. I know. I know it's it going to happen, babe. I know, it is. I know it is. Well, thank you so much for all the beautiful wisdom that you shared. And, and thank you for living an embodied life and helping us all do the same. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And to anyone that's listening, just know that, you know, you're not alone. Your body is a sacred space and it's so easy to really tap into its power and potency. And I guarantee with my whole heart and soul and everything that I know to be true in the world, once you learn to really be home, your life will just have this vibrant colors that you've never experienced before. Mm, Well said. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. 